Thank you for listening. This is Getting to Know You, a podcast introducing Jewish Federation of the Desert CEO, Alan Potash, to leaders, influencers, and people of interest in the Coachella Valley. I'm Jeff Hawker, and I'm joined here with my co-host, Alan Potash. How are you today? Jeff, I'm doing great. And yourself? I'm doing fantastic. It's January, and the weather's always glorious in the desert. Nothing beats 70 in January. It's wonderful. We haven't seen 70 in a while, but... Um, so who have you brought with us today for me to learn about? Today, our guest is David Morgan, who is an advisor for Capstone Financial. Hello. Welcome. Thank you very much. I appreciate being here. David, I, I appreciate you being here, but I also, I woke up this morning and I wanted to have a beard just like yours. I'm sorry that it's not a visual podcast, but I, I, I looked in the mirror today and I said, I need to grow my beard out Beards longer. rock. Beards rock. <laughs> I've actually, everyone in my office, I've pretty much gotten them all to grow beards. And business has gone up significantly. No, <laughs> <laughs> so part of the idea behind the podcast is I'm new uh, to the area and I'm new in my role. Mm-hmm. And I've asked Jeff to bring in interesting people who've been here for a while. Oh, I been... should leave then. <laughs> I, sh- I should go. Oh, no, stay. <laughs> We're going to make you more interesting. Um, so I just I really want to learn from you what mm-hmm. you think of the Coachella Valley. What are your interests? What are your hobbies? You know, what do you do for fun? What don't you like about the Valley? You don't have to say what you don't like, but uh, I, I think the traffic is a problem here. You know, interesting enough, back in uh, 2018, there was a report done saying from the state of California that the population, hold on, uh, just relax, the population is going to double here in Coachella Valley by 2035. And when I saw that, the first thing I thought, Where's everyone going to go? <laughs> Where, what roads? I mean, are we going to build a monorail from, you know, like Indio to uh, Palm Springs? It's 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 a lot. That's if you think about it, the roads are so packed right now. Right. I think my, you might be talking about the floods from a couple days ago and how all the roads were closed, and that's why all oh, the traffic. Maybe, is yeah, well, I live on the north end of Palm Springs, so we had Vista Chino, Gene Autry, and mm. Indian all closed. Wow! So we had to come all the way down to one eleven to get anywhere. And, you know, that that is an issue. It would be great to build a monorail along, or, yeah. uh, you know, some type of rapid transit along 111 mm-hmm. that, you know, like they have in L.A. Yeah. I did read that they're thinking about having the train from here to L.A. again. Uh, is that a realistic? I think they have that funded. It, it, it's they? currently running, but the problem is the hours that it operates is not conducive for passengers going back and forth mm. to LA. Um, is it more of a tourist thing? Uh, well, it it comes at like twelve midnight. No. So, <laughs> yeah. So you know, people don't want to hang out at the train station by the freeway at twelve midnight. But they are in conversations. I know the city of Palm Springs is in conversations with Southern Pacific Railway mm. to to increase service. So that would be great. Well, that would be helpful. So, so let's get back to you, David. What? How did you get here? Why? Why are you here? Why are you staying? And anything interesting you want to share? After the election in 2016, it was literally December 1st. I said, I do not want any more snow. I was in New York at the time, and I thought it would be a great time to get back to California. And um, December 1st, 2016, that's when I moved here. And um, summers, as I mentioned to you previously before the uh, podcast, are very challenging for me being a San Francisco boy. But January through March is really the kicker for me. I mean, I just love the weather here that time of year. You know, San Francisco, the Bay Area is kind of cold, dark, dreary, foggy, not much sun. 
but this weather is fantastic. I would say that the sunshine here is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the light early morning oh, yeah. uh, on the mountains, it's gorgeous. And then to see it on the mountains that have snow on the top and then just the light. So it must have been this morning I was looking out at the mountains. I don't know what you call those mountains over here. But San Jacinto. San Jacinto. But the light, the top, just made the snow this, mm. this bright orangey color. Just mm. gorgeous. So I agree with you. So 2016, so you've only been here a few years. Yeah, what, like six years now. So, um, But I think being in California is what's really important to me. Yeah. You know, and I love New York. New York's great culture. Certainly for like my Jewish identity and friends, it was fantastic. And I love it. But something different about living there. Where did you, know, you live in New York? Manhattan. Yeah, always lived. Well, actually, like the last six months, I think I lived. Last six months, I lived in Brooklyn, which was a great experience because you know there's that mentality, kind of like in the Bay Area as well. If you don't live in San Francisco par- proper, it's kind of like, oh, you live across the bay. Um, same thing with New York; they call it actually Bridge and Tunnel, which is yeah. quite derogatory. Yeah, but yeah. the boroughs are very beautiful. Um, but it was a great opportunity to once live outside of Manhattan. So I used to visit New York as a kid, as a as a young kid, and my grandparents lived in Queens. Mm. Uh, what part? Um, Forest Hills. Oh, nice. I have some friends that just bought a house there and opened up a bar. Yeah, well, yeah. next time I'm there, I'll have to check it out. There you go. Um, but uh, I, I think New York is uh, challenging in the summer and in the winter. Oh, yes. Uh, but it's great. I love to visit New York. Um, but so tell me a little bit about what you've discovered here in the six years that you've been in the desert. What do you like about it? What have you found that's most unusual? I wouldn't say unusual in a bad way, but I think, you know, the opportunity to build community is amazing. It's still small, but it's getting bigger. And there's still an opportunity to build a presence and get involved in different organizations. And I love that. Sometimes it's just too much when when you're living in New York. Yeah, you know the whole gist of New York. It's you're very busy. You're not always as available to donate time and effort to different organizations. That's true. So which organ? I didn't mean to interrupt you, Jeff. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, you are a big advocate for marginalized communities. Tell us a little bit about some of the nonprofits that you're involved with and how it relates to to you coming and being part of the California culture. Well, I'll say this. You know, I know you're you're active with the Palm Springs Cabins course, but I will say um, when I was first asked to join, I thought, eh, I don't really want to do that. And the first season, actually kind of like when I was a, I was a member of the uh, City of Palm Springs Human Rights Commission, there were two board members we were appointed at the same time, and we kind of commiserated. You know, we're both new, and we kept asking each other, "What are we doing here? What? Are, how are we providing value?" And I think being involved in an organization where you don't know anybody, it's very important to self give yourself time to kind of be connected. And one thing that's great about the chorus that I love pointing out to people is I think it's a lot of gay men singing on a stage. Correct. That's their, <laughs> that's their focus. That's their mission. But it's all the different activities all the different community building. And it's not just what they do for the outreach. You know, I've heard a lot of the members talk about the last few years with COVID and not being able to connect with people, people that have moved here. A lot of people have moved to Coachella Valley in the last couple of years with COVID. And some of the members didn't have family and friends. And being able to find this group of people with shared interests has been fantastic. For me, it's been more about being able to shape opinion and kind of bring 
more things to the forefront for the chorus. You know, the the toy drive you know, during the holidays or school supplies or the GSA, the Gay Student Alliance grants for the anti-bullying campaign. When I talk to people out there and I let them know this is what I do, they're kind of surprised because they, they don't see that as an organization that has that kind of outreach. It's interesting. And I think being a part of that is really a lot of fun. And some of the, you know, the the guys in the chorus that maybe are not as open, you know, this newbie just jumping in and helping. Um, if really, it's been fun getting to know these people. Like Alan, our, our president. You know, I first saw him. I was scared, <laughs> even though he's probably about this tall. I, know, I, I saw him and I, <laughs> I, I was expecting this huge voice to come out of him. But yeah, he, he's he, a little guy. He's and, a little guy. But he's also a teacher. Yeah. And you don't mess with a retired teacher. Right. He but, did you a, know, just building the relationships with these people has been really fantastic. You mentioned building community. So one of the things that the Jewish Federation of the Desert does is really try to build community, both within the Jewish community and the external community. Mm -hmm. Are there things that I should be aware of to get involved in to help kind of strengthen our role in the community? I think, you know, it's a case-by-case -case basis. You know, there's different organizations that will have a list of all different organizations throughout the valley. Obviously, I don't think you can concentrate on everything, right? No, no. But you pick out the ones where you could best contribute. And the same thing for myself. You know, the three organizations that I'm very active with, there are more organizations that I want to become a part of. But I just don't have the time. I have this thing called work that's very important. I have this thing called Eth uh, Myrtle and Mabel, two little puppies. So, you know, you, you, Myrtle and Mabel, you juggle, you know, you juggle and try to figure out what's best. Yeah, work always gets in the way of your fun. Uh, it, you know what? <laughs> so, so it's interesting because I think that, you know, work, it should be fun. Yeah. My work is, is, uh, has joy in it mm -hmm. um, because I raise money and I give money away. And that's a very positive thing. Yeah. But I, I need a little bit more out of, out of, uh, life. And I think that when my dog is part of my life, there so is my go. family. But you talked about being part of the Human Rights Commission. When I was in Omaha, I was very much involved with human rights programming. Oh, wow. Can you talk a little bit about what your experience was with the Palm Springs Human Rights Commission? Yeah, I'll tell you just a quick story. I don't want to take up too much time with it. But when I first joined on the Human Rights Commission, there was a very much, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And I said, well, why don't we check in with the community? Why don't we ask them what they need? And I'll say this, and it might not be politically correct, but I've said that Palm Springs is run by a lot of gay men, gay white men. And it kind of proved a point for a second because I started what was called table talk. And we literally took a table with a flyer of a questionnaire that we asked people. We went to a Hispanic grocery store. We went to um, the... Uh, Foreign Legion. We went to all these different locations, uh, Demuth Park, and we just set a table up and said, we want to ask questions. What do you need? What's important? That's great. Very last question on that questionnaire said, do you feel there's a problem with LGBTQ rights in Palm Springs? And I thought, that's a silly question. The very first person that I spoke to, she was Tatina. She walked up to me. We're at the Hispanic grocery store. And we went through the whole questionnaire. One page. Very last one. And there's no problem with it. She said, yes, I'm a Latina and I have children and my house is vandalized. My kids are tormented. Oh. I've never heard about that. You know, I'm in a bubble and I don't hear about that. And so I thought it was very important bringing those results back to the commission, say we need to look outside of what we know. You know, you can't just think we know this. What else is happening outside of who you know and where you hang out and who you talk to? And it was a very good example of how, you always need to be thinking, what else? 
I agree with you. And, and the comment that you just made about being in a bubble, we all tend to be in our own bubbles, our comfort mm-hmm. bubbles. It was reinforced by COVID to stay within your bubble in order to be healthy. Yeah. I think that finding an avenue where you can go outside of your comfort zone is really what I like to think about in terms of human rights is you need to think outside of who you yeah. are in order to help somebody. And Judaism is very much about that. It's about really caring for the vulnerable and, mm-hmm. and finding ways to engage and to step outside of And bringing matzo are. ball soup when they're not feeling well. So matzo ball soup when you're not feeling well. That's, yeah. I'd so, love to So that. David, I think we need to start a... A food truck? I I would actually do that. I've talked to my rabbi a lot because in our organization, there's a lot of older people. Mm -hmm. And I feel bad and not something so structured, but when someone doesn't feel good or when somebody needs something, maybe once a week I can do something. And what a difference that that makes in someone's life, you know, to feel like somebody is listening or somebody's there. But I love, like, you know, like. There's, of course, I don't want to say their names on the podcast, but they were very sick. And I just brought up a couple batches of matzo ball soup and said, here, you know, I mean, just to have somebody that maybe when you think nobody's listening or nobody cares, just to drop off a little food. And I, you know, food, man, that goes a long way. We we do a lot of outreach to the Holocaust survivors. And we do during the high holidays Mm. actually put together bags so that they can take and, and prepare the food at their home. Oh, wow. So we'll keep you abreast I of when we're doing that, that and so be part of that. that. Yeah. But you remind me of a program that I did years ago in a previous career where I was responsible for the Jewish Center on, on the college campus. Mm-hmm. We would have in the freezer pre-made matzo ball soup. I thought you were going to say bagels. My mother-in-law always has a no. freezer filled with bagels. No, good. <laughs> but matzo ball soup for the same thing that you just said that – you know, if you're sick, give us a call. We'll you feed just, you. You set up the refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. It's so easy to heat up. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So um, bagels are... My mother-in-law, Lila Abramson from Long Island. Um, I love... She's 93, 94. And um, that's where I learned. I, went, I didn't know my Jewish identity at the time. But, I mean, I should have known. I think somebody was kind of stirring the pot. Uh, she taught me Yiddish. You know, I, I we had a barbecue once. and It was four older Jewish people, my partner and myself. And I always helped Lila in the kitchen and bringing stuff out and getting everything ready. Brought everything out, set everybody down. Everyone's having a great little barbecue. And I said, Lila, can I have some mayonnaise? Oh, that was not the right thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) I said, no, what's wrong with mayonnaise? Oh, mayonnaise on a hamburger? But, you know, um, I learned so much through her. She's such a great person. But she's the one who I always thought years ago, oh, my God, a frozen baby, we'll get a fresh one. Now, if you go to the freezer of my garage at my house, what's it filled with? <laughs> yeah, Lenders was the first company to do the frozen bagels. Mm. Now, now everybody. But, you know, getting fresh bagels, there's nothing better. Of course. And, and you, you know, you talked about Brooklyn. My grandfather, who was uh, in Queens, mm-hmm. used to come to Omaha every summer with bottles of water. Because mm. he was, water is what makes the bagels. There you go. Yeah. That's what everybody says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm. the water in Omaha was not so good for bagels. <laughs> but he would come and he, he, you know, he felt, this was in the 60s, and he felt that bagels was going to be the next revolution. And he was right, but he could, never, he could never master yeah. the recipe in Omaha because yeah. it didn't meet his his uh, specifications because of the water in Omaha. Yeah, who, whoever thought that bagel shops were going to pop up everywhere. Yeah. And now you can order. 
I mean, you can order from Zabar's. I do all the time. I mean, yeah. there's lots of great bagel shops here, like Bill and um, Andy from Townie or Jay's yeah. or whatever. But just to go through the cat, it actually happened to me because I was not the official Jew of the household. My partner was Stephen Abramson from Roslyn, Long Island, right? I got a catalog. This is where I think somebody was looking. I got a catalog was with my name on it from Zabar's. And I said, it was meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm going I'm to challenge you on that one because we're Barney Greengrass people. Oh, that's, a, that's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. fine. I, Barney did not send me a catalog. <laughs> Zay Bars did. <laughs> if Barney would have sent me a catalog, I would, I'm yeah. sure I would have been fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll move on with that. So you're part of the um, Pop Springs Gay Men's Choir. Mm-hmm. You also have dogs. What other hobbies do you have that uh, you get to do fun things with out here besides hunting for bagels. You know, I belong to the desert state planning council, which is state planning councils, a national organization. It's for financial estate planning people. I'm also with the ranch and Ross chamber of commerce, which is very much about promoting the local businesses. But I think, you know, for me, it's really funny when you say, what do I like to do? When I hear that someone is not feeling well or someone's down, I always like to reach out. That's wonderful. I think that's one of the most rewarding things. And, and, you know, with, with texting now, because nobody answers the telephone anymore, right? Unless you're Jeff Hartner. I mean, everybody answers the phone with Jeff I calls. always answer the phone. <laughs> but I'd love to be able to check in on people, yeah. you know, and not just locally, but friends that you haven't spoken to for a while. I have a, a friend, a um, very dear friend. We went to Japan on an exchange program years ago, 1986, and her son's having a little bit of a challenge. And I'd like to check in on her because I know that's probably a lot for her to deal with and not have people to talk to. So where does that come from, that desire to care for people i think it's honestly learning more about jewish faith yeah you know and my rabbi is very big about do something you know don't just settle just do something any little bit can actually give a lot you have a local rabbi here that you're connected yeah with? david lazar uh-huh. um, we were part of temple isaiah and then we broke off and he developed or hami bar which yeah, is yeah, a I know group david. we don't really meet in person that much which yeah. i Actually, all my Jew friends in New York thought I was crazy because I would go to Shabbat every Friday night. I actually like it. There's something about Friday night when you just, you leave work and I would come from work suited up and everyone thought I was crazy because I was in a suit, but, and you sat there and it's like a frame of mind. Where, Where would you go in New York? Um, the temple for, so my partner never wanted to go unless we went out to the Long Island with the parents, um, temple, uh. Mount Sinai, Mount Sinai in Roslyn. Okay. Huge. So there's there's a synagogue that I go to now virtually mm-hmm. that whenever I'd go visit people in New York, I'd go for Shabbat mm-hmm. evening. It's B'nai Jeshurun uh, on um, about 88th and West End. I bet I, I know a family that I'm sure they go there. It's just a beautiful, beautiful service. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the rabbis are really smart and give good Dvar Torah, oh. good sermon. Um, but uh, I, I think... I agree with you. Shabbat in our house. I grew up in a very uh, Shabbat-centered home, and there's nothing better than you know just closing out the day and chilling and um, eating roasted I will, chicken. I will tell you though, uh, don't tell my rabbi. I hope he never finds this out. I do work on Saturday morning though. <laughs> I'm not observed on Saturday. He always wants to know why I'm not attending class on Saturday morning. I just I'm sorry. I'm, I'm it's, a, it's okay. You know, you do one mitzvah counters the other. I'm Friday yeah. night. Exactly. That's my thing. <laughs> you do so much for the community. You're, you're excused. Okay. Thank you. So, so David, thank you very much for being here. Thank you. I need one, one highlight of your time here in the desert that you want to share. One, one really positive highlight. 
You know, I don't think when you say one, I'll say building relationships. And I really feel building relationships, both personal and professional. I mean, I have friends or bosses from 1996 when I first moved to New York that I'm still in contact with. And I, I always say it's about planting a seed. When you plant a seed, what do you do? Just walk away. No, you, no, you come back, it. you yeah. water it. Yeah. Yeah. And then as it starts to grow, you put some fertilizer. And then you put the stick in the ground, the twisting, you prune it. And so to me, building relationships and out here in such a short time, six years, I've been able to build some really great, solid relationships. Well, that's a great way to, to end, that it's about building relationships. And that's what I want to try to do with Jeff in this podcast is for me to build relationships with people and to understand the value of getting to know people. So that's why this is called Getting to Know You. Oh, thank so, David, you. thank you for being part of My our pleasure. podcast thank today. Thank you for inviting me. This has been Getting to Know You. Thanks for listening. It can be found on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Thank you, David Morgan, for being here. Thank you both. If people want more information about how to have financial help, what can they do? Just look me up on LinkedIn or email me or Facebook. You'll probably see pictures of Myrtle and Mabel before you see a picture of me. But <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you.